ladies and gentlemen, we made it. We survived 2020. Woo! What a ride that one was. Ha! Huh, I know there's so many people celebrating the end of this year, or last year, should I say, and the beginning of the new one. Um, but I want to raise a glass to the wildest, craziest year of so many of our lives. Who saw that one coming, hey? When we were sitting around the dinner table, the fire, the fireworks, whatever it was, December the 31st, 2019, as we always do, projecting and predicting what was going to come in the next year. <laughs> I don't think anyone, anyone could have seen this one coming. But despite all the bumps, all the bruises, all the twists and the turns, I'm so incredibly grateful for 2020, all of the gifts it brought, all of the lessons it taught me, and I would not change a single second for the world. And I want to honour what a privilege it is to say that, you know, I've come out of I've come out of 2020 with all of my loved ones in good health, uh, all the people I care about well and safe, my livelihood intact, and I'm aware that has not been a reality for so many people. If it has, then I really, really hope that, like me, you were able to learn and grow and integrate those lessons from 2020, because it's sure as hell served them up. Wow, like, one after the other after the other. Sometimes you just got to slow down and catch your breath and say, let's let's take this all in. And in fact, slowing down is one of the things we were forced to do. And, and for many, that was very uncomfortable. Uh, for some, it was blissful. And, and for others, it, it allowed, you know, a real time of pause and reflection. And, and certainly it did for me. Um, it allowed me to, to look at my life, uh, where I was where I was serving, where I was living up to my potential and, and areas I can really improve and work on. Um, and we can unpack that another day. Um, there are many, many reflections from 2020. Uh, one of my biggest takeaways being that, <laughs> that absolutely nothing in this world is under our control. Just that when we think we're in a safe and consistent and homeostatic environment, everything goes tits up. Everything, yeah, the jam jar shakes and, and suddenly you realise like how much sediment there is in there. And... Um, what a profound lesson that was, because when you realise how little there is under your control, then you realise that actually, well, you may as well just kind of surrender to the moment, throw up your hands and just just f focus on the small things that are in your power, which are how you feel, how you react, how you treat others, how you show up in the world, how you engage and play and have fun and do all of these things that, you know, should come naturally to us but to so many people it it can feel alien you know being just just being there just being there in the moment not filling your day with stuff and activities because we cut we can't and we couldn't and and there was so much empty space how do you swim in that empty space how do you become comfortable with the nothingness and and just allow yourself to be and get back to who you are get back to spending more time in nature get back to connecting away from screens and 2020 certainly provide, provided a really wonderful opportunity to do that. Uh, so I want to raise a glass to 2020. I don't want to dwell too much on it because that is not the objective of today's podcast. Today's podcast is looking ahead to this wonderful, mysterious, powerful year we call 2021. If you believe in numerology, then there's some real, real power in this year that is ahead. And I believe with everything that 2020 served there was so much purpose so much growth and this can be a real time that we can unleash those lessons and we can really step forward into the light and 
you know we've come we've come from our place of a reflection and spending so much time in center and why not use this year as a year to bring those lessons and bring those gifts forward to the world or at least that's what i am intending to do so the topic of today's podcast is 10 alternative new year's resolutions now i'm going to call them new year's practices i got sent something a little earlier today explaining the difference between resolutions and practices and resolutions typically we make them we don't stick to them and then we beat ourselves up when we don't stick to them however practices on the other hand a practice is something that you can continuously do and keep getting better at and with a practice you have permission to suck you have permission to be really really bad at it and there is no pressure there's no attachment to an outcome you are simply practicing so these new year's practices are things that you can practice whether it's this month this year whatever and hopefully by the end of the year the year you can get a little bit better at them now there is and it's a stigma i've held myself there's a bit of a stigma attached to new year's resolutions oh they don't work oh it's just another day yesterday was december the 31st today is january the 1st how is this year going to be any different why should i bother setting new year's resolutions now well you don't have to these resolutions can be set these practices should i say these practices can be set for february for july they could be set at the weekend they could be set on a monday morning whenever suits you but the power in this time of year is there are so many people reflecting and prioritizing for the year ahead they're they're letting go of stuff that no longer serves them they are building hope and and setting goals and making their new priorities for the year ahead and there's so much power in that there's so much power in the collective in the momentum that that generates and that makes now a really really potent time to set goals to reprioritize to set these practices that you want to do ahead of if ahead of the new year now of course you don't have to implement them now you can come back to this podcast in february or april or whenever and i hope it's still valuable but I believe and I certainly feel whenever the year turns, there's this real momentum and optimism and hope. And why not harness that? And why not, you know, take, we're in this together, right? Why not use your teammates as as firepower and use it to really kickstart these practices for the new year? So here we go. Number one is to reduce screen time. This is the number one practice that I think most people could benefit from, including myself. Now, screen time you don't need me to tell you that so many of us spend way too much time on our screens and certainly the circumstances we found ourselves in in 2020 did not help that at all in 2018 the average person was spending three hours and 23 minutes on their smartphone alone that's not even taken into an account their laptops their computers when they're at work when they're watching tv this is purely their phone now if you put that into perspective we're the average person's awake for 16 hours of the day we work for eight hours and let's say we spend two hours eating buying and preparing food this only gives us how's your mental maths josh (laughs) this gives us six free hours in a day that's more than half of our free time in the day spent looking scrolling texting pressing buttons on a screen factor in a workout factor in an hour in the morning for a routine factor in some some reading and bam there's your time gone so consciously reducing our screen time is one of the best things we can do for our health, our mental our mental health, our physical health, and our happiness. Now, how can we do this? Well, 
One of the most profound ways that has helped me is to turn off all notifications. So get them off your phone, email alerts, Slack alerts, WhatsApp, anything like that. Turn off the notification button. They will be there. You can check them whenever you want, but do it on your terms. You should not be slave to a device. Here's a really fun experiment that you can do. So have your notifications on, put a phone in the middle of a dinner table, for example, or not that you should ever, ever, ever have phones at the dinner table, but put it in the middle of somewhere where people are. Send a text to that phone or call it and have the phone on silent. Now, watch how everyone around that table's eyes light up and immediately look at that phone when a notification comes in. Ping, you have a message. I can guarantee you every single that person at that phone, at that table, no matter what they're doing, their eyes will go tick to that phone because boom, there's that dopamine release that the phones are built to give you. They are built to make you want to look. They're built to make you want to engage. And the notification is such an easy way to get you coming back. You haven't been on your phone for an hour. Boom, let's send them a notification. So-and-so has just messaged you. So-and-so likes your photo. Oh, okay, before you know it, you're scrolling and you spent the last 20 minutes looking at cat photos. You're like, how the hell did I get here? That's 20 minutes of your time, man. Your time. Do you really want to be spending it scrolling, using using social media, texting. Now, okay, of course, these things can be really, really good and they can benefit you in so many ways, but the key is using them consciously. So turning off notifications is the first way to get the phone back in your power and do things on your terms. A couple other notes I put down here is checking email is not work enough said. The amount of time I see people in their email inbox just scrolling, waiting for that next email to, to come in and simply just replying to emails feeling like it's productive work. It's not. Email will always be there. I personally check email once or twice a day maximum and what that allows me to do is when I'm at the screen, I'm working, I'm writing, I'm creating, I'm doing whatever I need to do but the email is not it's not work. I will do email at the end of the day. Uh, I will do email when I'm feeling in a creative slump, but it's not something that I can spend or you should be spending so much time in because you're literally, you're sending an email and then you're getting one right back and you're just playing whack-a-mole, man. You're just hitting these emails back and forward, back and forward, and you're not getting anywhere. And all that's happening is you're spending more and more time at the screen as a result. I put aside, set aside your first hour of the day to be phone and screen free. Now that first hour is so powerful. You're hardwiring your brain and how it's going to think and perform throughout the rest of the day. Now, what do you think is going to happen if the first thing you do is roll over and check your notifications, check your messages, scroll Instagram as soon as you wake up? The answer is you're training your brain to be reactive. You're training your brain to search for the quick wins, to search for an easy little dopamine spike, and you're not consciously creating from your own place right you're you're allowing external stimuli to dictate how you respond to the world compare that with that first hour where you can you can meditate you can go for a walk you can stretch you can do you can do whatever feels right for you there's no right or wrong ways but see what a difference it makes to have that first hour away from screen time get some sunlight in your eyes if you can like it feels feels so good it resets your circadian rhythm helps you sleep better at night but, you know, you don't need to be a, <laughs> there's nothing so urgent that you need to be answering your phone straight away. And if there is, someone will tell you, you know, someone will find a way to to get hold of you. Um, maybe even if you want, just if, if you're concerned about family members, friends, whatever, if they need to get you, just say, look, call me. I'm going to have my phone on. 
it will be on loud but I'm going to turn all notifications off so you can't actually use it but you know the call can come if you need the call and also have a cut a cut off time at night now this again is a really big thing not least because screen time at night has been proven to disrupt your sleep cycle it causes a spike in serotonin or melatonin can't remember which one one of those hormones that interferes with your sleep and if you're using that late at night that's going to wire you to stay awake and it's going to leave you really really groggy in the morning if you struggle to fall asleep at night and you struggle to wake up in the morning then the answer is most probably an imbalance of whatever hormone i was talking about serotonin or melatonin josh you should have done your research anyway whichever one it is it isn't good so try and reduce that screen time at night and the last thing that I recommend, this is something I've been using recently, and it's an app called Monochrome. Uh, now, what that does is it turns the color of your phone to grayscale. Uh, you can choose the times that it sets these it sets these colors. So you could do it during working hours, for example. Or you could do it in the evening, whenever you find yourself most engaging and most distracted with your phone. And it simply turns it to grayscale colors. And what that does is it turns off all of those really addictive, those really dopamine sensitizing colors that Facebook likes to use, Instagram likes to use, Google likes to use to keep you coming back and it makes the phone a lot more boring. Now if, if you're someone that you know you find yourself in the middle of a day, in the middle of a task, just you know reaching for your phone and just having a quick scroll, it's completely harmless, I'm just having a quick scroll, no one's getting hurt. Well they're not but research has shown that it takes up to 25 minutes to regain the same level of focus once you've allowed yourself to be distracted by a technical appliance. So if you're in the middle of writing, you want to take a two minute breather to scroll the phone. And before you know it, boom, you're going to have to take another 25 minutes to get back up to that level of focus you had before. Now, again, we're all about optimizing our time here so we can spend less time on screens. I'm under no illusion we all need to spend time on screens, right? I'm on one right now film recording this. But it's using it intentionally and making the most of the time we are there so we can get out and do something else. Um, so yeah, I really recommend Monochrome. Now the last thing I want to mention on phones, and I rambled on this one way too long because we've got 10 to get through, 10 New Year's resolutions, practices, whatever you want to call them. And that is, look, we're in a time right now where a lot of us are relying on our phones to be connected with loved ones, myself included. There's friends, there's family members that I can't see right now and I'm so so grateful to have a phone where I can connect with them, where I can see them in person. If we want to FaceTime, we can we can see each other. And oh, how wonderful is that, right? Imagine being in the situation we're in right now, 20 years ago, when we didn't have that kind of connectivity. However, again, Zoom fatigue, FaceTime fatigue, all these things are real things. We all spent so much time connecting with our loved, one, loved ones virtually. And whilst it's amazing, it is not the same as having someone having locking eyes having that skin on skin contact and really feeling their presence there feeling their energy you know it's very it's a very very different thing and our brains as much as as they are primitive in some ways they also they can't they can't be tricked that easily you know we can't get the same levels of hormones that we do when we're in a community a group dynamic compared to when we're looking at someone on the other end of a screen it just doesn't light us up the same way we all know that but equally we want to stay in touch so one practice that i simply found is that when i was getting these facetime fatigue these zoom fatigue i'd simply if i wanted to call someone i'd do it on a walk so i'd put my headphones in i'd go out get out into nature and do a walk and i'd connect and i'd call someone and i'd, I'd found i'd find the call was so much less stressful so much more of an enjoyable experience for me because i was out i was in nature i could widen my gaze i wasn't just locking in on a screen 
and it just felt so so much better and, and a much more relaxed and easy way to connect people so when we were in the height of lockdown march april may time i wanted to, there was people i wanted to call every day and every evening i put my headphones in put my phone in my pocket and go and, and we take the call um alternatively you can get out into nature without your appliances that's an even better thing to do um but we'll get onto that later Number two is to start a gratitude journal. Now, this was a practice that I implemented a few years ago and it literally changed my life. Uh, it's as simple as waking up every morning and writing down three things, people, uh, places, whatever you wanna make it, three things that you are grateful for. And it's about really feeling it, right? It's not about just saying, oh, I'm grateful for um, the sun and, and the sea and um, yeah, that chocolate bar I ate last night. It's Re it's, it's being there for the experience right it's allowing these feelings of gratitude to flow through you so think of a person who is really important in your life think of a, a meal that was cooked for you lovingly by by someone you love or think of um, a tree that you saw you know standing in the middle of a field and standing green and, and beautiful and tall and allow yourself to really experience the emotions you had when you were with this person or you were viewing this thing and let them let them flow through you now when I first started doing a gratitude journal, I couldn't think of three things that I was grateful for every day. And I felt like an absolute fraud. I was like, JB, like you, you can't find three things you're grateful for. What, What's wrong with you? But it's something that doesn't come natural to us, right? You find that when you first sit down to do this, you're looking for all these big grandiose things. Oh, I'm grateful for uh, this car that I bought, or I'm grateful for this holiday that I have. And yes, these things are nice. However, the whole point of a gratitude journal is to train yourself to find joy and find gratitude in the little things. Now, when I do a gratitude journal now, it will be as simple as, I'm grateful for the sip of tea I had this morning. Wow, that felt good. It tasted so nice. It felt so good as the tea flowed through my body, hydrated me, woke me up. And then secondly, I'm grateful for that smile I had looking at, locking eyes with a stranger across the supermarket. You know, these little things that, that might not feel like big things but really they are the most important moments of our day and if we can remember them and lock them in what we're doing is we're training our body to look for these moments and to find gratitude in the little things we're actually training our brain to be more grateful to find joy to find gratitude in these sm seemingly smaller moments you soon realize that the smaller moments add up become bigger things and your life becomes a much much richer as a result so three things every morning it takes five minutes and it will change your life i promise you that Number three, I have ice baths slash cold showers. Now, if you want to take this even further, you can even get out into oceans, lakes, whatever you do now. January is the perfect time to freeze your proverbials off and just get comfortable getting uncomfortable out there in nature. Now, why ice baths? Why cold showers? Why when you go down to the ocean in December now and take a walk on the beach, are you likely, certainly much more likely, to see a crazy person in the water, in their swim trunks, going bright red because of the because of the heat shock or the cold shock, should I say, than than you would have done five years ago? Why is cold therapy really taking on? Well, there are so many benefits to this. I'm going to list a few. Uh, one is increased alertness. So according to the physician, Dr. Thomas Norval Hepburn, taking a cold shower in the morning helps our blood pump more efficiently and thus increases energy and alertness throughout the day. Stimulate fat burning. Distributed throughout our body, there is a type of fat cell called brown fat, which generates heat to keep us warm. According to study, studies by Harvard University, brown fat is activated when exposed to extreme cold, and thus cold showers and ice baths can promote brown fat activity. 
a 2009 study that found that a daily cold shower or bath found a 15-fold increase in brown fat burning in participants. This means someone could lose up to nine pounds extra in a year if they took a cold shower daily. Combat stress, a 1994 study found a drastic de decrease in cortisol, which is our body's stress hormone, following exposure to cold stimulus. There was also an increase in glutathione, 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 an antioxidant that helps to slow down the aging process. Improve mood and beat depression. Cold showers have been shown to relieve depression symptoms due to the intense impact of cold receptors in the skin. These cold receptors send an overwhelming amount of electrical impulses from the peripheral nerve endings in the brain, thus producing a natural antidepressive and mood-boosting effect. Boom. There's a little bit of science behind ice baths and cold showers, but for me, the biggest thing I love about them is, it, as I mentioned earlier, it really helps you seek comfort in the discomfort it helps you get comfortable being uncomfortable and the the mental benefits that has for the rest of your day cannot really be quantified the hmm. okay so when you are exposed to a cold stimulus when you go out there to get in the ocean in december or when you go to turn that shower nozzle to freezing cold you never want to do it there's not one time there's not one moment i wake up and go ah i'd love a cold shower today but doing so it trains you to do things that are a little bit out of your comfort zone and as a result you reap a much richer life really you're not afraid to do things that are out of your comfort zone you're not afraid to push yourself you're not afraid to go to those places that other people aren't willing to go and as a result you just you feel so much more powerful and you can just you can achieve so much more it sounds crazy um of course one of the, the biggest benefits as well is that feeling, that rush you get when you do it, it's, it's no other. And, and like I said, in the scientific bit, it's it's a clinically proven mood boosting effect. This is why people are paying thousands to do things like cryotherapy and all sorts of crazy stuff, flying flying to, to Greenland to do a seven day cold exposure adventure with Wim Hof. You don't need to do anything of that. Like it's all it's all at our fingertips. We have nature all around us. We have lakes and rivers and oceans that we can get in. We have at the very least a shower that we can turn cold or a bath that we can turn cold. Now these things are here. They're available and they're free. Try it this month. Try it starting tomorrow. Turn that shower nozzle cold for 30 seconds, then do a minute. Work your way up to two, three, four, five minutes, whatever feels good. And on January the 31st, if you do not feel the benefits, then I will be very, very surprised. So number four is to declutter. Now, this is one that is constantly a work in progress for me, but I'm always, always trying to minimize, trying to downsize, trying to reduce the amount of stuff that I own. It's estimated that the average person in America has 300,000 items in their home right now. I repeat, 300,000. It sounds crazy, but when you add together all of the pieces of cutlery, crockery, furniture, household appliances, food items, all of these different things, it just adds up and up and up. And before we know it, we've got way too much stuff, way more stuff than we ever thought we needed. So it's not an overnight fix, right? This is something you have to commit to and you have to commit to uh, using less and consuming less and not being not being so um, privy to advertising and not being so at the at the ease of um, or at the dispo the disposal of advertising companies that can put an ad up and, and know that you're going to buy every everything that they send there. Uh, a couple of decluttering practices that I've used are 
One is to pack everything in a box. So simply pack up all of your stuff um, into boxes as if you're gonna move house. Now, if you are moving house, it's a perfect time to do it. And take things out when you need them. So if you're making a meal, take out that frying pan that you need to make a meal, take out a knife and a fork to eat it and a plate, and there you go, you've used them, put them, put them in your house. The next day when you wake up for work, put on, take out your jacket, take out your underwear, take out your jeans, whatever you wanna wear, and wear them, then put them in your wardrobe. And anything that you haven't used, worn, uh, consumed within those 30 days, then you don't need. If you don't, if you haven't needed them in 30 days and you're not gonna need them as a result, those stuffs can go, those stuffs, that stuff can go to uh, a charity shop, a thrift store, whatever feels good to you, uh, a relative, it can be gifted or it can be recycled, whatever feels right. Um, a slightly more, um, slightly less challenging version of that is to uh, do the donation challenge, which is where you donate one thing one day to a charity shop, right? So on day one, you donate one thing. Now, if you want to put this practice on steroids, what you can do is you can correlate the number of things you're donating with the day of the month. So on the first day, you're going to donate one thing. On the second day, you're going to donate two things. On the third day, you're going to donate three things and so on. Now, by the time you get to day 30, this practice starts to get a little bit challenging. It's very easy. Anyone can go into the house and find one thing that they could donate to a charity shop. Now, I'm looking across my across my window and I've got an old candle here, which I haven't lit for ages. Uh, it's probably going to be a lot better in someone, someone else's home. So there you go. That's number one. But by the time you get to day 30, this starts to get like a challenging practice. Now, the, the one thing I can say with decluttering is be intentional, you know, be intentional with the stuff you buy, the things you use and the stuff that you keep. Most of the time we keep so much junk. Uh, we fill our houses and our homes and our offices with so many little trinkets. And most of the time they just add weight. They don't actually bring us any value or happiness. Decluttering isn't about taking away things that bring you happy, that bring you happiness, make you happy. It's about creating more space for that happiness to come in. I certainly know that I'm at my happiest when I've got a backpack on my back and I'm traveling around the world or, um, you know, I'm on the open road with with hardly anything in the car. And and it's that sense of freedom that can't come with having to worry about all this stuff you've got to pay for, all the bills you've got to pay, everything that you've got to repair and look after and the money that comes with that. So decluttering is a fantastic exercise. There's a really cool documentary on Netflix you can watch. It's called The, Minim the Minimalists and I would highly recommend checking it out. Number five is to stop complaining. Now, this is a practice that we all um, can benefit from. Last January, me and a good friend of mine made a promise that we would use, that we would go the whole of January without complaining. Now, that may sound easy, but it's surprising how often you catch yourself just having a little complaint, you know, just saying, ah, the weather's a bit cold today, or ah, I wish this food was a little hotter, or whatever it was, you know, it was moments where you're you're judging the present moment you are taking yourself out of the present moment to judge or compare or to wish it would be something else and whenever you do that you're removing yourself from the experience you're not allowing yourself to experience the experience because you are judging it or wishing it was like something else so we made a promise to each other that we would go 30 days without complaining uh, it really changed my life it changed the way that i engaged with the world and we held each other accountable too whenever we heard each other complaining we would say stop now you gotta go back to day one and the cycle began itself so 
stopping complaining or at the very least intentionally complaining less most of the problems we have are not problems at all and most of the things we worry about are really not worth our energy worrying so if you can reduce the amount that you complain now of course there are some times when complaining is valid right but we're, we're not talking about those occasions we're talking about the times when uh, I don't know you walk out of the house and um something spilt on the road you know there's a can of paint spilt on the road this is the worst analogy ever but we're going to go with it and you go oh there's a can of paint on the road how rubbish is this or you just look at the can of paint on the road and you go oh there's a can of paint on the road and i'm just going to go for a walk you get what i'm saying it's not the best example number six is to get out in nature more this is something that i did probably by the forced hand of 2020 it made us want to spend more time in nature because we were <laughs> there wasn't much else to do and it was one of the most profound experiences that i could have asked for spending more time amongst the trees by the ocean just walking through fields that i've walked through hundreds and hundreds of times in my life and really slowing down and seeing them feeling like everything i saw was new the trees the flowers the plants everything that I would walk past and take for granted felt alive it felt new i felt more connected to it and the more time we create and the more space we hold for ourselves to be out in nature the more we realize who we are what we are and, and what really matters now personally i find that just carving myself out 30 minutes 45 minutes of time in nature every single day whatever that looks like whether that's a walk along the beach or along the fields where you live or that's sitting in your garden and connecting with the plants or that's starting your vegetable garden or whatever whenever i'm out and in the elements no matter whether it's raining or cold it just feels so good to me it feels good in my body i feel connected i feel grounded i remember who i am and where i came from and it's the most profound exercise so number six is to get back into nature number seven is to stop multitasking now multitasking is something that i think we we can all be guilty of uh, especially in the modern day world where we're demanded to do so much with so little time but Whenever I multitask, it makes my life miserable. I can't focus on what I'm doing. I'm actually not getting joy out of either activity. And it's not making me any more productive. In fact, it's making me less productive because I'm not retaining information. Uh, I'm not actually giving my full uh, intention and my full effort to the task that I'm doing. Um, and it also makes life less enjoyable. Now, I find that if I'm trying to eat my lunch whilst answering email or whatever then I'm not actually enjoying my food anywhere near as much as I would be and also I'm not doing very good <laughs> productive work so it's about making time to do things right and doing them intentionally so when you're eating eat the food taste the food you don't need to be watching a documentary whilst you're doing it you know be here with with this meal and then watch the documentary I know we've all got so many things to do but carving out time and doing things properly and doing them intentionally is so much more rewarding so much more valuable than trying to multitask and do everything at once the same goes for when you're with people too spending time with them being being actually being there you know not having your devices in your hand not splitting your time between trying to see someone and achieve this thing you know when you're with someone you're with someone give them your full attention if if there is someone in your life who you know you're not so excited about spending the time with and you'd rather be doing something else then go and do something else man like life's too short but the people in your life that matter you should want to be with them without any kind of distraction or any kind of multitasking it's such a wonderful thing to have that 
and I'd made a promise to myself that when I'm with people I would be with them fully and not multitask and not spend that time trying to do everything so number seven is to stop multitasking practice number eight is play this is one of my practices for this month one of the challenges I've set myself and that is to play every day for a minimum of 30 minutes now if you think back to when you're a child, the thing that comes most naturally to you is play. You find play in, in everything. You find play when you're in the house and you pick up little household objects or you're outside and you're playing and you're engaging with nature and you're laughing, you're having fun. Now, as adults, when do we ever carve out the time to intentionally and consciously play? I certainly know that it's not something I do anywhere near enough. So this month, I've made a challenge to myself that I will play every single day for a minimum of 30 minutes now what is play you ask well play can be anything from playing frisbee with a friend to climbing a tree to sitting and playing on a swing set to jumping on a trampoline to you know whatever play looks like for you it's having time which is yours to to have fun and to play and to explore and it's not you're not here for an outcome you're not here for a workout or fitness and you're not here to um yeah achieve something or do something or learn a skill or practice anything you're here to play and play can take so so many different forms but it's consciously turning carving out that time to play so that's resolution or practice number eight practice number nine is to tell someone you love them every day this is something i do every single day without fail again it's a life-changing practice simply call text or if possible in person Tell someone how much they mean to you, how important they are and how much you love them. Not only will they feel appreciated as a result, but you will feel so, so good spreading this love, spreading this gratitude for the people that are most important to you. And it will make your your relationship so much deeper, so much more profound. Now, here's a caveat. These can't be empty things, right? This can't be a, a quick text, you know, 10 p.m. at night saying, oh, I love you, John, my, my co-worker at the office. Like, this has to be felt to be effective right so you have to think and feel the emotions you have when you're with someone and how they make you feel how they um what they have done to enrich your life and, and really thank them for that it doesn't have to be if you feel goofy saying oh i love you x or you know you, you mean the world to me why then you know do a little a little gesture just write a little thank you note for the thing that they did or you know put a little coffee on their desk when by the time they get to work or whatever that looks like just show appreciation and whether it's verbally telling someone you love them or showing them you love them it's a really really profound practice it takes 30 seconds and it makes a big big difference <sighs> and we're almost there so resolution number 10 practice number 10 is to eat more plants now the reason i've included that most people know by now what a huge advocate I am of a plant-based diet for health, for happiness, for the planet, but it's still something that so many people struggle to do. So what we've done this year is we have launched something called the Plant-Based Pledge. This is something that costs absolutely no money to join. It's totally free. And all you need to do is commit to eating a plant-based diet for however long you want. It's a pledge, right? So this you do this on your terms, seven days, 14 days, 30 days. I recommend doing a minimum of 30, doing, giving it a month to really let your palate adjust, really let your body, you know, feel the benefits of, of this new way of eating. Um, and the best thing is like we'll support you all the way. We'll give you recipes, we'll give you advice, feedback, articles, videos, all of this good stuff. Just head on over to our website and click on the pledge icon. It's right at the top of the homepage and you can take the plant-based pledge today. You'll feel so, so good. And not only will you feel good in your body, you'll be doing an amazing thing for the planet, for the animals and for humanity too. Look, you know, there are not many people that, that don't care about the planet 
or they don't care about animals. But if you really don't, right, if you're just about people here, then a plant-based diet is one of the most effective things we can do for for the human race. You know, it's it's so effective at um, improving food availability. It's so much so effective at um, reducing things like climate refugees, which come as a result of animal agriculture and all these different things. So whether it's for people, the planet, animals, whatever, or you just want to lose a little bit of weight after Christmas, plant-based diet is something that can benefit us all and again the reason i put this practice is eat more plants is simply because this is the first step right if you're coming from from a meat or an animal-based diet and you just want to feel healthier then the best thing you can do is just consciously reduce the animal products you you consume and increase the the plant-based products you consume i guarantee you won't regret it so there we have 10 alternative new year's practices i hope one of these resonates with you if you have found one that you like and if you found one that you're gonna put into play then please tag us on instagram tag us on facebook and let us know which ones you're trying out Uh, as i said for me this one is play this month so i'm gonna feed back about how i'm playing how um yeah i'm i'm out there in the elements it's january it's cold but i really want to make this a month of of play for me um because there's so much there's so much joy in that and you know it makes me makes me feel alive whenever i'm playing so that's number that's my thing um hope you found something here i trust you'll find something here that will resonate with you and uh yeah it's good to be back man i haven't been on the mic for a while so i hope you enjoyed this podcast i've got a few really really good ones coming up this month uh they're going to be largely focused around the uh, plant-based pledge and everything we're doing there so stay tuned for that there's going to be some really cool nutrition related content and dun 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 little teaser you will be the first to hear about a brand new product release coming later this month it's something ha it's so so exciting there's so many um layers to this product it's something that we've never done before and um i think it's going to get a lot of people excited so more on that very soon until then i am sending you the highest of vibes for 2021 2021 wow we're here 2021 uh yeah highest of vibes big love loads of gratitude may this year be a dream come true for you you know whether whatever 2020 brought you i hope this year is going to be even better even brighter i'm sending out so much love so many positive intentions for this year and i hope you are too i hope you're excited i hope you're ready and yeah thank you for listening see you again on the next episode